Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, it's been a few weeks since I've been here. I've, uh, thankfully, Brother jo- I mean, Brother Zach here uh, talked before we left for California, and then we were gone for two weeks, and and I appreciate Miss Amy and, and Leah taking the services while we were gone. And uh, it's just been really, really good. And I've listened to all, part of the messages that were given while we were gone, and they've been good so far. I'm going to finish listening to them and Brother Alan when he was here. But uh, I, I, before I ever left here, I had this on my heart for tonight. And then when I get home and I start, well, while I was in California, I started listening to Pastor Greg, and I'm going, he's stealing my stuff. What's he doing? Stop that. But you know what? Um, when God puts something on your heart and one person says it and then the next person comes along and says it, must mean it's important that there's something more to say. And what I have to say about it will come out a little differently than what he had to say about it. So we're just going to kind of get into it and, um, and let uh, the word just do its work in you. How about that? So tonight we're going to, I, I made a title for this and I'm not sure that it will, you know, Kendra can tell me later whether it's a fairly accurate title for it or not. And it's called A Year for More. A Year for More. You know, the word more ought to be in our vocabulary all the time. More. 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 Not less. More. And uh, it all starts with God. It starts, it ends with God. Uh, If you look over in Genesis, I think it's the uh, 17th chapter, the first verse, he's talking to Abraham, and he he said, I'm the Lord God Almighty. Well, if you look that up, that really means the El Shaddai God, the God who's more than enough. And so the principle of more in our lives comes directly from the Father because he's the God of more. So we should be a people of more. Not less, not enough, but more. You know, it's, it's time for us to stop settling for things, to stop settling for just enough, just barely get by, just, just, I mean, just barely meet my needs, just enough for this, just enough that. It's time to move on past the just enough because God has never intended for us to live in a land of just enough. He's always intended us for us to live lives that are more. Every single day, there's more. And for every single year, there's more. We shouldn't be content with what we had last year. Some of you may say, well, I had a, I had a great year last year. Wonderful. There's more. Some of you said, ah, it was an okay year. There's more. Some of you had a horrible year. There's more. Not more trouble, not more anxiety, not, more, not more, more financial failure, but more of the good things of God. It's always the good things that he wants us to have more, not the bad things. You know, so don't, don't stop and, and start thinking that, you know, my life is going to be a continuation of just the same old horrible stuff. No, you have to change that. That's, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But, you know, if you just see the fact that God is the El Shaddai God, he's the God of more, then you go over to the New Testament and you look at Matthew 7, and he's talking about, about we as natural parents, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give you good things? 
If we know how to, I mean, in the midst of financial hardship, we find a way to provide for our children, don't we? Listen, God is not in financial hardship. And he will give us more than any natural parent could even begin to contemplate giving their children. He is the God who's more than enough because he's got it all. Everything belongs to him. His, his resources are endless. His reserves are ne- never going to be exhausted. His supply in your life is a continual, ongoing process. So we don't need to get to a place where we think that, that his more is somehow, uh, that we're able to think really and contemplate really what he means by more. He wants to demonstrate the more in our lives every single day, but his more is so much more than our more. He gives us abundantly above all we could ask or think. Isn't that what the word says? Gives us more than we could ask or think. You know, I, uh, I remember a little plaque that Oral Roberts used to have on his desk that says, make No small plans here. God is telling us, don't make any small plans. You say, well, I don't know if that's out beyond my my capabilities. Well, you know what? You can bring your capabilities up to meet that more. Big things are yours. Big things can be yours. You don't have to settle for less. You don't have to settle for a year of this year that looks like last year. No matter how good, mediocre, or bad it was, your, your year this year can be so much more than last year was. And it needs to be because God needs you to demonstrate the more. Over in, in Luke, it says, how much more should your fa- heavenly Father give me? It's a companion verse to Matthew 7. Then over, over in, in Luke 12, go, let's go over there. Luke 12. Hallelujah. Luke 12, verses 24 and 28. Well, let's just see. Uh, Verse 24 says, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse or barn, and God feeds them. How much more are you better than the fowls? Jesus did not die for a bunch of birds. He died for his children. He died for the ones that he loves dearly. The ones who are the apple of his eye, that is you. If he can be that good to the birds, how much more is he going to be to you? I'm to give you all kinds of good things. If you go on down to verse 28, it says, If God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast in the oven, how much more will he clothe you? I mean, the, the... He leaves it open. How much more? He didn't give you an answer to that question. He just, how how much more? Well, what's your concept of more? Believe me, it's not nearly as big as his concept is. His concept of more is way, way out there. Beyond what you think of as more. You know, it's... uh, it's, it's imperative for us to go back to the place where we can go back and we can see that God has a plan for our lives and more is the thing that sets it off. It's the thing that describes what he's got for us. More, more, and more. And then some more. 
If you go to Jeremiah, for I know the plans, this is the NIV translation, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. His plans are already in place and it's just up to us now that he set them in motion to follow the plan and follow it out and let the motion that he's already got in place just keep going and 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 keep going. Kind of like a locomotive. Just, it just gets started, just gets started. And just keep going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And after a while, it's just a self-sustaining kind of a thing. I'm telling you what, he wants you to enjoy the more that he's got for us. Amen. And it's an everyday thing. It's not just a, well, I'll get to December and I'll take a look at what the year's been and then I'll, you know, I'll see if it's more. No, every single day, he wants you to enjoy more than you had yesterday. It says in um, Psalm 68, verse 19, it said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us up with benefits. Well, what are the benefits? Go to Psalm 103. You want to see some benefits? Here's some good benefits. Psalm, and you know these words. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just here to stir you up tonight in what you do know. Starting in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Well, how can you bless him? Because you know he's got more for you. Because more is, more is typical of what you are, who you are, and what you have. More, more, more. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's some of the benefits he's got. That's some of the more he's got for you. Every day that benefit increases. You know when you go to work on a job. Okay, you don't get any vacation time right away. But if you've been there X amount of time, you get this, this much vacation time. And when you've been there longer, you get this much amount of time. And you get this, you there a little longer, you get this amount of time. And you get all these other benefits, everything that. Listen, the day you got born again, he loaded you up with benefits. He loaded you up that day. Benefits belong to you. Every single day. You know, I remember Dr. Ed Dufresne, you know, he used to say how he, get, he would get daily care packages because every day he got up expecting God's blessings to come to him that day. And he called those blessings his care packages. Listen, God's got care packages waiting for you. UPS doesn't have to deliver them or FedEx and certainly not USPS. But he's got care packages waiting for you. Are you expecting care packages? Are you expecting the more to come into your life every single day? You know, it goes on. Actually, I'm going to go back to verse 5 here in Psalm 103. It says, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The amplified version of that says it like this. He satisfies your necessity and desire. See, those are the things we need and the things we want. He satisfies your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation. The things I want today are different than the things I wanted, say, 10 years ago. Because I'm at a different age. 
My personal age and situation is different now than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. You know, for, for a college student, maybe their necessity is just to finish college, to finish their classes with a, with a straight A's, you know, and get a wonderful job. Well, for me at this age, my, my, my personal desires are different. And I'm expecting more, just like the house we're getting to build. Pastor Nancy said something to me, you know, I don't know, last year, I don't know if she said it to me personally or whether it was in a message or whatever, but it stuck. You know, we were talking about selling our house, you know, and finding something else. And she, she made the statement, she said, downgrade, because that was the whole thing. We, we were going to downsize. And she said, well, listen, downsize does not mean downgrade. Listen, anytime you think, you know, you need to downsize something, it does not mean downgrade. And so I'm expecting to not downgrade. Any. I may downsize, but I'm not downgrading to anything. God never takes you backwards. He takes you forward. And when he takes you forward, he takes you into the place of more. Something better. You know, just because, just because I, you know, I'm of what we call retirement age doesn't mean I have to settle for less. People who suddenly, you know, they retire, they go on Social Security, they go on a pension, whatever, they think, well, I have the limited income. Limited by who? Who are they limited by? Their mouth. We're going to get to that. Who are you limited by? God never told you that your only source of supply was going to be Social Security and some kind of a pension. He said he was your abundant supply. He didn't say any natural man was going to be your supply. Now, he's going to have to use natural things and natural ways to get it into your hands. But he can do that supernaturally over and above and beyond what you even know about. He can use resources and places to put things into your hands to supply your every need, your every necessity and desire. It's a place of more no matter what age you are. My more is different than somebody else's more, maybe. That's okay. It's more. That's the whole point. It's more. It says he wants to satisfy us. Well, where are you satisfied? Are you just, okay, all right. Satisfied is different from being, okay, I'll, 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 this, this, it's, it's all right. You know, it's just all right. That's not being satisfied. What I have right now, well, well, you know, it's, it's okay. That's not the place he wants you to be. He doesn't want to be, you to be in an okay place. He wants you to be in a satisfied place. A satisfied place is a place that you and I have, have more than enough to meet our needs and are able to meet someone else's needs. That's what the whole plan of prosperity is about to start with, is to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And to be, a, do, and to be able to do that, you have to have more. You have to move out from the, the just enough to meet my needs to having more so you can help meet somebody else's needs. And along the way, when, you, when you're doing that, you're going to get so blessed that you have more in your life and you'll turn around a year from now and see that, that God has increased you, increased your bank account, increased, increased the, 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 the uh, 
the, the home you live in, increase the vehicle you drive in, the quality of it. He's going to increase your quality of life in every single aspect, and you're still being a blessing. You're still being a conduit of blessing to someone else. And because you're continually being a conduit, you wind up getting into the more and to the more and to the more and to the more and to the more. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. Satisfies your mouth. Satisfies. Now, I understand satisfies when I sit down with cheesecake. (laughs) One piece is good, but two's a whole lot better. And third one, man, that's where where the humdinger is. You know, I'm just saying, you know. By by the third one, I'm satisfied for, you know, a few hours at least. (laughs) But see, God wants you to be satisfied like that with your life. He wants you to just be full, overflowing, satiated. He wants you to just be jam-packed with blessing so you get to the point of saying, Hold it, Lord, I can't handle any more. Because we should be a people that are so blessed that we feel like, I've got so much. I'm just so full of the goodness of God. I'm so full of the blessing of God. There's just not room to contain it. But there's more room. We can make more room. We can make more room for him to to work in us, work through us, give to us, be be a blessing to us. There's, There's more. There's more. Hallelujah. So how do you get to the place of more? Well, there's some adjustments that might need to be made. Number one, in your thinking. Listen, you can have it, you can do it, you deserve it. You don't deserve it because of who you are. You deserve it because of who Jesus is. You deserve it because Jesus has done the work. He satisfied the debt. He satisfied the claim that the enemy had on us. You know, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. When you read that verse, you just kind of read, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, you need to stop and put an emphasis on the word can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, but you know, Pastor Angelina, there's just, you know, I I just can't seem to kind of get it all together sometimes. Well, there's another verse in Philippians over there in in chapter 2 that says, It's God who works in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You know, you, you go back and you find all these, just say, I can't. Never say, I can't. You say, I can God will show me, God will tell me, God will direct me, he will lead me, he'll guide me into the, into the how I can do it, but I can do all things because he lives in me. The strengthener lives and abides on the inside of me. Colossians 1 verse 12, let's go over there. Hallelujah. Colossians 1 verse 12. It says, giving thanks unto the Father. Who has made us meet. That's the old, you know, King James, because that's the one I read out of. But that really can, there's three other words that can be used for that word meet. The word able can be used. The word qualified can be used. And the word sufficient. He has made us qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has been, he's the one who has made us qualified. He's made us people who can stand in line and say, that is mine. That belongs to me. 
I can have it. I can do it. I am qualified. See, God knows you're able. You may not know you're able because you haven't found yourself in the Word yet. Somebody, you know, I remember, I remember years ago, what was that, back in the 60s, I've got to find me. Well, they were always looking in the wrong place. Back in the 60s, they were looking, you know, some little pill form, some, some weed thing, you know. They were looking, they were looking a lot of places, wasn't the right place. Listen, you find yourself in the Word of God. You find Him and you find yourself because you are in Him. You find yourself, this is who you are right here. Right here. You find, you You can find, I have to find myself. Well, then go look. Go take a look right here. This is where it's at. You can find yourself right here in the pages of this Bible. Whether it's in, the, in print form like this, whether it's on your tablet, whether it's on your phone, you find yourself in the Word of God. And the, the you you find in there can do all things through Christ. You that you find in the Word of God can have everything God says you can have. You that you find in the Word of God is qualified, able, and sufficient to operate in the kingdom of God just the way he thinks you're supposed to. And what he thinks is better than what you think. His, thinks, his thinking is way above your thinking. His thoughts are way above your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. He knows you better than you know yourself. If you haven't gotten into the word, he already, he, he knows you because he sees you here. He sees you right here. He's already got a glimpse of the potential coming into full manifestation that you are. He knows what you can do. He knows what's available. He knows how you can enter into it, how you can access what's available to you. And he's willing to tell you how. Take a good look. The manual's right here. Hallelujah. Our thinking has to be in line with what he says about us. Our thinking has to be in line with what he says is ours. Our thinking has to be in line with what he says we can do. You know, I talked about right and wrong thinking a few weeks ago. This is part of it. You have to adjust your thinking. Then you have to adjust your seeing. You have to see yourself in a place of more. You have to see yourself operating and living and functioning in a place of more. First, Second Corinthians 4.18 says that we don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. That means we stop looking at this natural man. Stop looking at this outward man. Stop looking at your faults and your frailties and your, and, and your, your inferior stuff, you know, and your, all your shortcomings. Stop looking at those and start looking at the man, the woman that God sees how he sees you. You start looking at those things. Stop looking at your life the way it is now. Start seeing as the way God intends it to be. You need to get a picture in, in your heart. It's not a mind over matter thing, but it's a picture. You have, to, you have to see with the inward eye of faith. You have to see it. You have to believe it. You have to lay hold of it. You have to, you have to move toward the things that he shows you about your life and how, what it's going to become, what it's going to be when you give yourself to him completely. You have to see those things. 
You know, Romans 12, go over there real quick. Romans 12. I know you know this, this verse probably by heart. Hallelujah. Romans 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You know, you can look at that phrase, not to think more highly of himself than he ought, and you can think, well, you know, that means that I don't need to think of myself as being above anybody else. But no, that, doesn't, that not really is not all of it. You know, we can think more highly of ourselves sometimes by thinking that somehow we are not able to do something. You see that? I mean, to think, to think that there's something, there's something about us that's so unique and so, so different from everybody else that there's just no way God could use us. That go, there's no way God could answer our prayers. That there's no way. That's thinking more highly of yourself than you want because we are all on the same level, folks. Nothing any higher, nobody any lower. We're all the same. We all have the ability to operate in the same measure of faith that God has given to each one of us. Nothing's above you. Nothing's beneath you. We're all at the same level. We all have the same capacity, the same potential to operate in the measure of faith that God has already put on the inside of us. But we have to renew our minds to that. We have to be able to see those kind of things. Then they're speaking. Ah, gracious. We have to adjust this little thing right here. My goodness. We're going to have to see the importance of speaking. You can see the importance of speaking just in Mark 11. Go over there. My Bible just kind of automatically falls to Mark 11. You know, one flip and that's right where it is. Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. It's important what you say. Well, what is it you need to say? You need to say the same things God says. You need to get into the Word and find out what God has said about any particular given situation and say what he says about it. You know, Matthew 12, 34, it says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever you believe in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. And I mean, you can fool some of the people some of the time. You can fool all the people all the time. But, you know, you can't fool God. You know, sometimes we, we talk a good talk, but it's not real to us. It's not real. I mean, I, I've got plenty of examples in my own life of the fact when I was trying to say the right things, but it was not in my heart. It was not in my heart. You know, it, I was trying to convince myself of something that I had not established on the inside. You know, and... and having come to come face to face with the reality of that from time to time, you know, then I have to go back and say, okay, I need to go back to the Word. I need to go back to the Word and I need to get it on the inside of me so that it will naturally, if that's the kind of word you can apply to this, you will just automatically, let's use that word, will just automatically come up out of me because of what's in here. Not something that I have to work at to try to pull up 
Because when you have to work at it to try to pull it up, it's not in your heart. That's really, it's not a genuine recognition of what the word has come to do for you. It's not a genuine recognition of what God says about you. It's not a recognition of what God has done already for you in Christ Jesus. We have to get to the place where it is so ingrained on the inside of us that just like nobody can tell me the sky is not blue, that it's orange, no gator colors, you know without a shadow of a doubt that what the word says is true. Absolutely, 100%, unequivocally true. And when it gets to that point, it's just going to come up. Just like a water bubbling up out of a fountain. It's just going to come up. It's just going to keep coming and keep coming. You can't help but speak it when it's really real on the inside of you. You have to become more conscious of what you're saying. Listen, sometimes we're so absent-minded in our talking that if, if we could get a recording of the things we have said over the course of the day and somebody played it back to us, we would go, oh, my word, I can't believe I said that. We've just gotten so ingrained in, well, that's just, just a term everybody uses. Everybody says that. Oh, I just love it to death. You think, well, that's silly. No, it's not silly. It's not silly. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those kind of things will affect you more than you think they will. The person who's always going around with a negative attitude and a, and a negative, the person whose the glass is always half empty, those are, those are the people who will never see the blessing of God. They'll never see the more. You've got to start seeing the more and saying the more. You've got to watch the words of your mouth so that you don't put yourself in a negative situation. I mean, you know, you've got, a, you've got zero right here. This way is negative. This way is positive. What side of, what side of the line are you on? You know, at the very least, be on the, be on the zero for Pete's sake. You know, don't be on the negative end of it. But, but if you can't be all that positive, just don't go to the negative side. Just, just, just stay right here. Just stay right here, right here in the middle. Many's the time, you know, I mean, it's been kind of like, okay, in a particular situation, okay, just shut up. Just shut up. Just keep your mouth shut. You know, when Jesus, when, when the God told people to walk around the, the uh, city of Jericho seven times, he told them to don't say a word. Don't say a word. Now, Joshua and Caleb, we know for a fact they were men of faith. They went into that land 40 years earlier. They said they're giants in the land, but we are well able to conquer them. So for 40 years, they had been men of faith. I suspect when they started walking around the walls of Jericho, they were still men of faith. But to preserve the victory that God had in place for them, he told those people to shut up. It's kind of like, you just keep it neutral and we'll do the believing. There are times in your life if you can't do the believing, just shut up. Don't say anything. You know the old adage, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all? It's a spiritual fact. If you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. It won't help you get where you're going, but it won't keep putting you backwards in a situation either. You're going to have to speak the word of God for you to make progress in the things of God. 
But if you don't, if you don't keep talking negative stuff, it won't keep pushing you back where you have to climb out of it even more. So watch what you say. Seriously, the things that people say every day that we just, just don't really pay much attention to, start paying attention to what comes out of their mouth and what comes out of your mouth. When somebody says, well, it's flu season, you know, everybody's going to get it. No, they're not because I'm everybody. I'm part of everybody, and this everybody is not going there. My primary care doctor, every time I go in there, she wants to know if I want a flu shot. I'm going, no, I don't want the flu shot. Are you sure? I say, I'm, I've never had the flu. I don't plan on having the flu. Okay. So I expect the next time I see her, she's going to ask me the same thing. Do you want a flu shot today? No, I don't want a flu shot. Don't need a flu shot. You know, it, it's okay for you to say those kind of things. Go with me. Let's see. Um, Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18, this chapter, says a lot about words and things that you say. It's a good place to kind of take a little time to see what God has to say about what kind of talking you do. But we're going to go to verse 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. There's a translation out of the Beck that says, those who love to talk will have to eat what they say. Sometimes we talk too much. Sometimes it would be better just to keep it to ourselves. You know, uh, I, I know some people over the years that they, my husband said this one time about somebody. He said, they never have a passing thought. Everything they say passes right out, comes right out through their mouth. They never let it go. Sometimes thoughts will come. You don't have to say those thoughts. You don't have to give voice to what your mind is telling you. And you need to be careful that when it doesn't line up with the word, that you judge it before it becomes more than a thought, before it becomes something that's spoken. That would save a whole lot of marriages right there. You know, if people would judge it when it's in here before it comes out here. It'd save a whole lot of relationship issues. It'd save a whole lot of a lot of kind of issues if we would judge thoughts here and never let them come here. Because, go with me to James. James chapter 3. Hallelujah. Well, let's just start in verse 2. For in many things we offend all. Oh, isn't that lovely to know? We, yeah, and some things we do. Some things we say are offensive to anybody. So we need to watch out what we say so that we're careful not to offend people. Well, these days it's getting harder and harder not to offend some people. But, you know, there's a, pla- there's a place where it doesn't matter that you offend people when you're standing up for the right. When you say what needs to be said at a time where it needs to be spoken. There, were, there are times the devil is going to be offended at the righteous words that a righteous man and a woman say. 
And that's not places where I need to be concerned about anybody being offended. But here he's talking about, you know, offending somebody by not walking in love. It says, um, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which are though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they're turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a fire, a matter, a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, and it defiles the whole body, and it sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Listen, your tongue can get you into so much trouble. Oof. With your future, with people, with God, with the devil. I mean, you can get into so much trouble just by this little old thing called a tongue. Just that little, that little thing. How many times have you ever said something and immediately regretted it? And yet you couldn't pull it back. You couldn't bring it back in. I was talking to the students last week, you know, in, in the Bible school in California. And we were talking about, you know, just, just governing the words of your mouth. And I said, you know, there are times when if we're not careful, we say things out of anger. We say things out of hurt, frustration, whatever. And then we come back and we apologize. And... And that's wonderful to apologize. It's wonderful to ask for forgiveness. And it's wonderful that the person that we hurt with those words says, yes, I forgive you. But what you don't realize sometimes is what you've done is you've handed ammunition to the enemy to use those words that were spoken wrongly, just out of the flesh. And he'll use those words to come back and to harass the person you said it to. Even though you asked for forgiveness, even though they said they forgave you, that you've given the devil ammunition to come back to them later and say, they really did mean that. They really, they really spoke the truth. That's the kind of person you really are. It's so important for us to be careful with what we say. Not just about ourselves, but to other people. So anyway, for us to have more, we're going to have to be careful with our words. Our words can either fertilize or poison the plan of God. What do you want it to do? Fertilize will cause it to grow. Poison will kill it. Your words. We need to make some adjustments with our words, with the things that we say, with things that we allow to come out of our mouths. It's up to us. Nobody else can control what we say except us. It is strictly in our court of what we do with this little member right here. And we need to be more aware of it and more cautious with what we, how we use it and more diligent to make sure that we say and do the right things at the right time, that we're never, we're never hurtful with our words, that we never help the enemy hurt someone else with our words. So, how about some areas of more for this year? I love lists, so we've got some, we've got some great lists here. How about more expectation? You know, Hebrews 11.1 1 said faith. Well, go, you're, you're in James. You go back to Hebrews 11. You're just a couple of pages over. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is 
things that are hoped for. It's a confident, we're expectation. That's what hope is, is expectation. We need more expectation of the right things that God's going to work in our lives. I mean, in every area of our lives. How about more prosperity? More health? More, I'm expecting to be more of a blessing to others. There's a lot of ways to be a blessing to others. But let God help you, help you see how you can be more of a blessing to others. How about more faith? You know, you can increase in faith. Isn't that the book we give away? Exceedingly growing faith. This year, this year, I expect to have more faith. My faith is going to grow. At the end of 2019, I'm going to be able to look back and say, I am, I'm in a place I've never been before. Years ago, I asked our pastor in Jacksonville, after we had come back from Raymond, the church had started, I said, Pastor Ron, I said, does this ever get any easier? And he said, no. I went, oh, thank you. And he, is, he, he laughed. And he, said, he said, really? He said, in your walk of faith, what seems so hard right this minute is going to be nothing next month, next year. He said, it's kind of like walking up a ladder. You know, you go up the ladder. Every rung, you're at a higher level. And it seems just as hard on the next rung, but look where you are on the ladder. You're, you're way up here where you used to be down here. So listen, it may not seem like it's any easier, but that doesn't mean you're not growing. It means you are moving up. You can tackle and handle bigger things that the enemy throws at you. That's what that means. How about bringing more of our supply into every situation. More of our supply of what God's put in us into our families, into our homes, into our jobs, into our church. You know, there's things that God's put in all of us already, and then there are things that we can gr- develop. I, I'm reminded of a, of a young man that's, that's on staff out at, in California, and he's, he's a music guy. Great great with music. I mean, he is just, I mean, he can play all kinds of stuff. But a few years ago, he he found himself in a situation where a demand was put on him to do some video work and to some, do some editing and, 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 and do some, getting some things together. And I'm telling you what, he gave himself to it. And today, you know, the place where he's serving is doing all kind of video presentations, all kind of stuff. And guess who's heading it up? This young man. Listen, God's going to call upon you to move into some places, into some areas that you can bring a supply to that may be uncomfortable, may be unfamiliar to you, may be out of your comfort zone. Give yourself to it. Develop in those areas. I'm going to be more of a supply this year than I was last year to my, my local church, to my family, to everyone I come in contact with. How about becoming more focused on the things of God? Oh, we can get so distracted. You know, like Mark was saying tonight, we have to get to a place sometimes, you know, we just have to realize we have to cast certain things over on him. As long as the enemy keeps your focus on on temporal things, you'll never focus on eternal things. You know, whether he forgot something at work or not, It'll keep. I'm sure it'll keep. Nothing's going to happen overnight, right, Mark? No, no, no. I'm sure it's not. But 
If you need to be reminded of something, he'll bring it back to your memory. So why are you going to worry about it? You know, it might be something that I thought was important, but it's not so important that I need to take some time and just, just go, oh, Lord, what was I forgetting? What was I forgetting? What was I forgetting? Just pray. You know, just, just, just thank God in the middle of all of it. You know, and just learn to keep your focus on him. And if it's important, he'll bring it back to you. I mean, it's just, just you know, these are just little problem areas that we have to, have to focus on. Just more focused on the things of God. How about a more exciting and satisfying prayer life? Is that a good goal for this year? It's possible. I hate to pray. I mean, I can do it about five minutes and then I'm done. You know what? You can find yourself at the end of this year. An hour is easy. An hour is easy. You know, Brother Hagin used to talk about how, you know, you can start off just praying just, just because, you know, you're praying. And then how you can get to a play, place where you hit a gusher. You know, I mean, man, you're in the spirit right about that time. Well, how about that? I want to experience a gusher in prayer, Lord. I want more. I want more. I want more of this. I want to, I want to be able to, to spend more time in prayer and come out of it just, just thrilled and excited and exhilarated and refreshed when I get through. Not like, oh, thank Jesus, my hour's up. A more satisfying life if prayer. How about more of a giver? I tend to look every year at the, at the end of the year at what we gave for, for last year. And, I, I mean, there are places we go, other places besides here, you know, that we give into offerings and other places and we put it all together. I always want to say, Lord, next year I want this figure to be more. How about that? That's a good goal, isn't it? To be more of a giver. Well, maybe your situation has changed. Maybe you don't have the same income. That's okay. doesn't mean you can't give more. You know, it seems to me the word says to ask seed of the sower. And there's times when I've said, Lord, I want to give, but, you know, it's a, nah, it's not really, you know, doesn't look like I got it right now. If you'll give it to me, I'll give it. And many times he's done just that when I've said that. If I get to the place where I really don't have it, I can say, Father, you said to ask seed of the sower. And I'm asking you, and he does that. But when he gives it to you, you better do with it what, he, what you said you'd do. Many times people, well, you may, may pray that. God gives it to them, and then they decide to use it on something else. No, if you ask seed of the sower, you sow the seed. Amen. So just at the end of this year, I want to be more of a giver. How about more determined to move in the Spirit? You think, well, how can I do that? I mean, well, you can do that every day by spending time in prayer, by spending time in the Word and being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. You can move in the Spirit on your job. You, suddenly, you know, the Lord quickens your heart to go pray for your boss. That's moving in the Spirit. You're driving down the road and suddenly God brings somebody, you know, that, that you know to mind. You respond to that. You're moving in the Spirit. You come to church and God tells you to do something maybe in the service. Maybe he tells you, I've never run. I don't like running. And he tells you to do it. Respond. That's moving in the spirit. There are times, you know, we just, you know, we just feel like, oh, bless God, I'm going to run because it's a faith run. And then there are times when God says, run. God says, dance. God says, you respond. 
move, it's moving. I'm determined to move in the spirit when he tells me to move. I'm determined to respond to the spirit of God when he's talking to me more than you've ever done before. How about that? How about more fruit from your testimony as a believer? I'm believing for more fruit to show up. I'm believing that my testimony is such, has such an impact on people that more people come to me asking me for help, asking me for prayer, asking me what is it different about you, asking me how can they, how can they have what I have. What, is, what about this Holy Ghost business? Well, do, you, do you pray in tongues? Listen, that's fruit. When people come to you and start asking you questions, because you're living a life in front of them that's bearing enough fruit that they're going to come ask you about it. But uh, how about more opportunities to reach out to others? Listen, if you're open and willing and make yourself available, God will give you more opportunities. That just, that's just without a, without a doubt. I mean, that is just going to happen. Open, willing, and ready, available. Not so concerned about where your time is and what else you've got to do. But if God says, I need you to talk to this person, you stop. And you take advantage of the opportunities provided for you. More influence and more favor. Those are places, areas of more you can have this year. More influence on the job. More influence in school. More influence in your family. More influence, you know, everywhere you go. People who know you, you have more influence with them. And you have more favor everywhere you go than you've ever had before. God moves in your behalf. How about, lastly but not least, how about more expectation from every service when we come in together? More expectation. Sometimes, you know, services may fall flat. And we kind of want to leave that, you know, uh, at the feet of whoever's in the pulpit. But let me tell you, there's a lot of times when it's not at the feet of the pulpit person. It's at the feet of the congregation because they didn't come in expecting much, and so they didn't get much. The same sermon preached here kind of went, eh, so-so. Same sermon, same person can go preach it somewhere else, and it'd be a wild and woolly and fantastic service. And everybody just go out going, Wow! What was the difference? An expectation among the people. So, 2019, a year of more. It, might, it must be fixed firmly in your mind that God wants me to have more, to be more, to do more. And you, and you spend this whole year. And I'm telling you what, if you just stop and you start writing down where you are right now, and you walk through this year with it with more, it's just firmly established in your heart and in your mind. And it affects everything that you do to establish that. I'm telling you, at the end of this year, you're going to look back and say, it was a year. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.